0: We find ourselves today in the third Sunday of Lent from the Gospel of John, the second chapter, the 13th verse through the 22nd verse. Hear these words. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went into Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found men selling cattle and sheep and doves and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and he drove them all out of the temple area. Both sheep and cattle, he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. Then the Jews demanded of him, what miraculous sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all of this? Jesus answered them, you destroy this temple. And I will raise it again in three days. The Jews replied, it's taken 46 years to build this temple. And you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. And he was raised from the dead. His his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. And may I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'll never forget it. I was 13 years old and the church group went from Dumas, Texas. We joined up with Amarillo, Texas, and we drove to Fort Worth, Texas or Arlington, better, and we went to Six Flags. We could not wait to get to Six Flags and spend a hot summer day sweating and riding all of those rides. And let me tell you, I would ride anything, the double loop roller coaster, whatever, I would ride anything. I loved them, fast as we could ride them, fast as we could get through line. And my friend said to me, come on, they have a new ride. I said, really? He said, yeah, come on, you'll love it. I said, okay, cool, what is it? And he said, oh, don't worry about it, just come on with me. So I got in line with him and and. I saw this big round thing, and it goes around and around and around and around and around real fast. And the closer we got, the more I watched. It was like I saw the floor drop out of it, and I saw it go around real, 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 real fast. I've ridden that ride one time in my life. I got on that ride, and it started spinning, and I'm okay with spinning. I can handle that. And next thing you know, you're just the force is so strong it's pushed you to the outside wall, and you're just glued in whatever fear, whatever pose you have. You're glued to the wall, and the floor drops out from under you, and you are stuck. And it's spinning. There's no way out. You can't say stop the ride. You you're stuck being pinned to that wall because of the, the centrifugal force has pinned you there. Church, we find ourselves today with Jesus introducing the church to a new understanding of what church should be, to a new understanding of what church really looks like. He comes to Jerusalem. He's being devout. He comes to Jerusalem, to the temple. Everybody's being drawn inward to the temple, and they're going through their rituals. Do you hear me? The marketplace is in the court of the temple. The Ark of the Covenant is in the center of the temple. And everybody's coming to celebrate the time when God's Spirit was over and they were passed over and they were saved by God. And they're buying animals so that they can sacrifice. They're doing the things, they're trying to find priests so they can practice their sacrificial um, celebrations. They're in their traditions of the church. And they're going through the motions of what it meant to be church back then. And Jesus comes to the temple. Comes to the temple understanding his own mission. Understanding his relationship with God. Understanding who it is God is calling him to be. John says in the beginning of of the gospel, he says this, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. You see, John's understanding and John's perspective is we need to understand Jesus is God incarnate. That's what John's saying to us. So when Jesus walks into the temple and he sees the focus on the people doing their rituals and everything is turned inward. Do you see that? Do you see that in that practice? Everything is turned into. I wonder, church, do we do that? Do we have things turned inward as a church? Not just this local body, but the whole body of church. I mean, we take Sunday school attendance back when we could meet at Sunday schools, right? We take worship attendance because we got to know how many were in church Sunday, right? In fact, I'm going to tell you that every year when the new officers of the church are installed, we pray over them so they can serve the church. We pray over our elders, we pray over our deacons, we pray over our Sunday school teachers so they can serve the church. And everything about the church is inward. We have our fellowship dinners, we have everything that our faith turns us where are y'all going to? We're going to church, right? Everything is direct, directed inward to the buildings we've created, and we call them the church. The reason Jesus gets upset with righteous indignation, I believe. He can't believe the focus of the people. He cannot believe the focus of the people. Like, what's our focus? It's uh, The disciples watched him. Can you imagine Jesus walking in, creating a whip? running all the cows and the sheep and turning the tables over with all the money changers. I mean, they were there to change denarii into shekels so that people could afford to buy their animals. Scattered all of that. I mean, it was well practiced. It was practices that were common, practices that were approved, practices that were set up by the church. And Jesus came in and wrecked it. He wrecked it. He says, what do you think you're doing? Do you think you come and you meet God in the Ark of the Covenant? There's a new thing going. God has come in the form of myself. In the beginning was the word, people. Church is not about the structure. Church is about relationship. And that's the zeal that consumed Jesus that day. God doesn't want loyal people who just come and do their practices. God wants relationship. God wants relationship with people. God wants an understanding that through Jesus Christ, we get into a personal relationship with God. That God moves in our lives personally, not just here. Not in this building, not in this place. But God moves more out there. I had a teacher one time, she said to me, she was my preaching professor and I'll never forget her. She was teaching us to prepare for sermons every week. And she said a statement. I don't think she meant it to be a big statement, but she said it, and I've never forgotten it. She asked me this question. She asked our class this question. When you're preparing your statement, you read your scriptures, you study your scholars, you do all of your historical work, and then you go into the world and you ask yourself this question. Preacher, what do you see? What do you see in this world? What do you see? Do you see church coming in? Do you see church worried about how many are sitting on the pews? Do you see church worried about what their finances are? Do you see church worried about how many they have attendance in their youth program? Do you see church if they're worried about if they're the most popular on the street? Do you see church if things are going their way, people are worried about making sure it's going down their aisle and not God's aisle? I mean, there's not a church I've been in. I'm talking broad church, all right? There's not a church I've been in that didn't wrestle with every one of those sins. Every one of them, where we focus on being church. Folks, we're about to move into a new time when we can open the church a little wider. When we can open the church building a little wider. But the question is, are we going to continue to be the church? The exciting thing about the pandemic is, it's opened us up enough to realize we don't have to be the church building. We can be church without the building. We can be church, we can minister to others without ever coming in this building. We can have a relationship with Jesus without ever gathering. Now, it's right for us together because the scripture says, we as the people of God should gather so that we can find commonality and we can find strength in our bond together as Christians so that we can go out and serve. So that we can go out and serve. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been in a church in April... In January, they called all their elders together, right? We do it. Prayed over them, bless them. Leaders, bless them. Teachers, bless them. Have you ever been in a church that in April called all the CPAs and tax people to the front of the church and prayed over them? Or have you ever been in a church that had a big city council meeting and they called all the city council members to the church and they prayed over them? Can I keep going? How about when there's a big court case, you call the attorneys, the opposing attorneys to the church, and you pray over them so that they can go out from the church and they can represent God in what they do. How many of us do that as people of God? That when we get up in the morning, the first thing we say is, okay, God, stick me to the wall. Take me out. Take me outside my comfort zone. Or do we say this, God, take me to my office. Don't let anybody come in. Just let me do my normal thing and everything will be okay. Okay. Right. Because you know what? When that floor fell out from under me, I have never been so insecure in my whole life. I was a big kid. I mean, bigger than my friend. And I wasn't sure the centrifugal force was strong enough to keep my big body from going down and landing on that floor and looking like a fool in front of everybody else. Is that how you feel with God? Do you feel that way? You've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. You've understood that when John said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, that when he walks into the temple, it's about Jesus. We get that. It's about our relationship with Jesus. But Jesus asks us to be uncomfortable in who we are. Because what Jesus asks us to do is to change. What Jesus did in the temple that day was say, folks, we've got to change. We've got to turn our, our focus on a relationship with God instead of a tradition with God. And the people of the church have got to grasp it so that when we come here every Sunday, which is good for us to do, that we go out from here to change lives. That we go out from here to be who it is God's called us to be in the community. In the community. How many of us do that? How many of us want to take God into our workplace? I go into people's office and you want to know the first thing I look for? I look for some semblance of their faith. Because that tells me a lot about that person. I can walk in there and most of the times I see their spouse or their families or their business awards, or all that kind of stuff. But what I look for is a semblance of faith. Because what it tells me is they're willing to go outside the walls. They're willing to to preach and teach in the ways God equips them into this world. That they're willing to step out in faith and, and mention the Christ to customers. Or to serve to where it's not about them, but it's about everybody else. How many of us want to build our businesses on our reputations? And usually that doesn't help a whole lot. Unless our reputation is as a person of faith and we build it as a person of faith. You see, what God cares about is what's in your heart. And what Jesus was upset about that day was that the attitude of the people... Was completely off, and he had zeal. How many of us have zeal for the gospel? Do you have zeal for the gospel? Do you get up every morning fired up? And I'm one of those guys. I hit the floor. My wife can't stand it. I hit the floor, and I'm ready to dance. In fact, I do dance, and I turn my music up. And I'm I'm I mean, when I hit the floor, I'm ready to go. Let's get it on. I've got zeal now. About four o'clock, that zeal's kind of faded a little bit. But in the morning, I'm ready to rock. How many of us are like that? That we get up and we have this passion for Christ in what we do. And we're willing to walk out into the world and change the things that stand against that. And change the things. He walked into the temple. The temple that took 46 years to build in Jerusalem. And he said, ah, we're not doing it like this anymore. God is moving in a new way and you need to understand that. But what did the leaders of the church do? I love this. What did the leaders of the church do? Give us a sign. Give us a sign, oh God, so we know that you're real. Hello, he just wrecked the temple. But how big a sign do you need? How big a sign do you need? You know, I grew up being a twin. My twin brother, when he was alive, he would tell you this. He said, I was a good kid. Because I watched my brother. And whatever my brother did wrong, I made sure I didn't do it. Because my brother was the one who was so hard-headed, he'd do exactly what we were supposed to do, right? I need a sign, a two-by-four, a bell, something to guide me, God. Jesus comes in saying there's a new way to do things. And what happens? The church leaders say, how do you speak with this authority? Give us a sign so we know you're from God. He just wrecked your temple. How many people would wreck your temple courtyard? Nobody would. But Jesus did. Because Jesus says it's not about the place. It's about the person. It's about relationship. And from this day forward, God has spoken. And the attitude when you come to the temple is about having a relationship with God. And being in relationship with the Christ so that you can go forth from here so that you can go forth from here and change the world. And Jesus said this, I love this. Tear this temple down, and I'll build it back in three days. Take the impossible. Take the impossible, and I'll make it possible. Take the impossible, and I'll make it possible. That's what God says. What temple do you have in your life that you're hanging on to, that you're not going to let God have, because God wants to tear it down and put a new temple in you? God wants to put the Christ in you. God wants to put love in you. God wants to put grace in you. God wants to put zeal in you. God wants to put passion in you, so that you can go out from the church and you can change the world. But what do we do? mm 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 Not this heart, God. I tried to love once, and you know what? It hurt. I tried to love once, and you know what? I got cheated on. I got stepped on. I got lied to. I stood out there once, God, and it didn't help one bit. Hello? It didn't help who? The Jewish leaders, all they cared about was their temple. How beautiful it was. How wonderful it is. We fall to those same sins. We like our churches. In fact, I've changed churches three times in my life. And you know what the first thing we did when we got to the town where we were going? We drove by the church to see the church. We didn't meet with the people. We drove by the church. Isn't that what we do? We like our institutions. We perpetuate our institutions. We don't perpetuate the gospel. We perpetuate the institution. It's the greatest sin the church has. And Jesus wrecked it. He wrecked it because of a zeal that was burning in him for humanity. It wasn't about taking over the temple. It was about people. Jesus' zeal is for the creation of God. And you know who's in that creation of God? You are. You are. Jesus did what Jesus had to do for you. It was later in the afternoon, and we had ridden the double roller coaster twice. We had ridden the Tilt the World. We had been down Lazy River. We had been all of those wonderful rides. And my friend turned to me, and he said, Hey, you want to go ride it again? Nope. Come on, man. Let's go ride it again. I said, Nope. Not ever. I've taken youth groups to Six Flags. I've taken my family to Six Flags. I've made all sorts of trips to Six Flags over Texas. And I have never, ever ridden that ride again. Because it scared me too much. Jesus wrecked the temple that day to get the people's attention. That God was doing a new thing. To speak against the institutionalized church. To proclaim that now is the day of the Lord and it's about God's passion for humanity. It's about relationship with one another. I know I've never ridden that, church, that ride again, but that ride is significant for us as a church. We have to allow ourselves to be sent out. If we continue to perpetuate the institution of the church, the institutionalized church, and we take our eyes off of Jesus, and we don't find that zeal and passion for loving and serving others, then church will wind up the same way. We'll be destroyed. We have to go out, we have to allow ourselves to be put against the wall, to let the floors fall out, to let God take us to new places. So that in three days, 15 minutes, 30 seconds, three hours, however long it takes God to work in your life, God can create a new life. God can overturn the lives that are in you and the lives around you if we'll just find that zeal and compassion and live for Jesus. So let me ask you today, are you going to be focused inward? Are you willing to be thrown outward? I pray you go and feel the centrifugal force of Jesus as you go out into the world in the name of the Christ. Amen and amen. We gather in this place to turn our hearts towards Jesus.